0: This is role playing public radio episode seventy nine horror for the here and now. I'm Ross Baden, and with me, as always, Tom Church. Wow, you, you broke the format. You didn't introduce yourself first. Yeah, what? are you trying something new? You know, I'm just- trying to freak you out, Tom. This is the Halloween. This is the horror episode. So I wanted to you know throw you off so you'd be all spooked out.
1: Ross, it's me. Yeah, yeah you're at the try harder. Well, wear a dress or something. That'll that'll trip me out.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't want to try that hard. Though. Yeah,
1: I could so. wear I could wear a dress and freak you out.
0: Yes, it would work. It would. It would. Please don't wear a muumuu, dude yeah it's me <laughs> uh anyway so uh we're doing a episode on horror because uh the last episode was about base raiders my new kickstarter project but this is october halloween month so i figure we need to do at least one horror themed episode because we do so much of it on the actual play podcast we do. And, we,
1: and we're known for doing the occasional foray into the scary
0: yeah <laughs> And um, I wanted to uh, focus – I mean, we've done episodes in the past talking about general horror advice about pacing, rhythm, and that kind of thing. But this time I'd like to talk about – well, we'd like to talk about the general uh, aspects of doing horror in the here and now, i.e. 2012 or later, uh, as opposed to doing horror even 10 years earlier, you know, 2002 or something like that. We want to do, so this episode is going to talk about what's unique about today, about uh, what's going on in the world and what kind of things make things scary and what are trends in horror that are interesting and uh, worth looking into like the creepypasta, you know, Mm -hmm. so uh, anyways, we have a bit of news first, uh, as I mentioned earlier, base raiders, my Kickstarter project for uh, the big RPPR Kickstarter project is still underway. You still have time to contribute uh, for $15 or more you can get access to 10 10- preview episodes of the Actual Play podcast Uh, so I know a lot of you are fiends for that and so if you want to get hooked up with your drug of choice uh, you can get a PDF of the game when it comes out and uh, get 10 actual preview episodes before then Uh, and if you get to $100 or more uh, we'll do a special online Q&A session where Tom and I will be hanging out uh, on webcam on probably Google Hangouts or something like that Yeah, and uh, we'll answer your questions. Answer
1: your questions while you stare at our faces clearly made for radio. (laughs) Thanks.
0: Uh, for the uh motor confidence, you can see me in the video for the Kickstarter for Base Raiders. I actually, mm. you can see me, and you can see me in our Artemis Command video and several others too. Yeah. You're you're pretty much in all of them because you know you're you I work mean. for free, so <laughs> I,
1: yeah, I, yeah, I was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very happy
0: for that scale of work
1: we're getting, <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. You get 100% of the, the YouTube ad profits, which is, yeah. Let's not I, talk about- I
1: put that penny and a half to good use. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fair enough. So uh, check out the rewards. Check out the Kickstarter. Uh, even if you're not a fan of the superhero genre, uh, there should be a lot of interesting stuff there for you to check out. Um, we also are t- 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 going to. I, uh, I also wanted to mention the uh, another Kickstarter for. Yeah, you know, all of you probably remember Cody Walker, who was a former member of RPPR's actual play group. He's he sort He'd, of.
1: He's very missed.
0: Yes, uh, he's gotten too busy with real life stuff. Uh, but he is doing a Kickstarter of his own called No More City. It's a, a comic book where the pagan guy—it's go- basically old pagan gods plus no more crime hardball genre—and it's got a good artist uh, who does. It, it reminds me a little of Ben Temple Smith in terms of the art style. Uh, so if you're a fan of Cody's work, uh, you should check it out. It's only five dollars for a digital copy of the comic book. And so yeah, those are Lost that's your commands it. Yes. <laughs> the cathartic uh cathartic lobster commands it. So uh I think that Do not of,
1: deny his exoscope.
0: <laughs> so that kind of covers the uh news. So why don't we talk about the uh the topic? So you let's yes. So Tom, horror in the here or now. Uh I know when we first started talking about it, you want to talk about some of the stuff that's sort of unique to horror now, or sort of the kind of the cliche new cliches, I guess you
1: could. Yes, uh Clichés, I mean, they say clichés because for a reason, but yeah. even the oldest clichés have to be updated. Yeah. Like, um, let's go back to, say, the original Friday the 13th. Yeah. Isolation is a big part of that. Yeah. It's, just, it's a big part of a lot of horror. Yeah, and back in like I believe it was 1979 when that came out, or 1980. Halloween came out in 1979. I yeah. think. yeah. But um, the I
0: is- no Friday 13th, I think it came out in 1980, 79 or 80 or something. Yeah. Like that.
1: Well, at yeah. that point, it was actually a lot easier to isolate people. Yeah. Because you know they're all you had all you had to do was have a blackout and boom. Yeah. Wherever they are, they're isolated. Yeah. The landlines go out. The uh, yeah, power goes down, yeah. or the road is washed out. Yeah. But that's a lot harder to do nowadays.
0: Well, even ten years ago, it was yeah. easier to do because ten years ago you'd have like the cell phone goes out unless it's a Nokia, but then the battery <laughs> runs
1: out. Nokia
0: phones but are again, indestructible. But they didn't by have the
1: GPS way. on them.
0: Yeah, but that's yeah, that's exactly it. Today, now everybody, it's not a cell phone; it's a smartphone. So it's basically a literally yeah. handheld computer. It's a it's with a, it's a, it's, a hand,
1: it's a handheld GPS device and complete store of all human knowledge, still available at your fingertips.
0: Right, and you can. Unless the, and you you can always do the thing the battery runs out but that's you know kind of cliche so yeah. i think yeah i mean that's a good point you can't do the traditional isolation thing which is physically uh isolated that that what we think of isolation but i think isolation is still very much a part and it, it's very yeah. possible to do it it's, it's just, just you it,
1: have to do it differently
0: yeah i think people that are in isolation it's it's more subtle it's not as obvious today like people there are millions of people that are isolated but you can't really know who they you don't really know who they are
1: it's not, uh, yeah it's, it's not the crazy hermit
0: Right. Well, I mean, they're still there, but they're very long. But people next door to you are isolated. You know, the guy who's unemployed, who's been unemployed for a year, he can't get a job, he's living off of that unemployment, and he doesn't have any friends, he can't go out because he doesn't have money, so he just sits and he, and he festers in his house. So if something weird starts happening to him, who, who can he go to, you know, or someone in an abusive relationship or someone who's an illegal immigrant or someone who is a refugee, uh, someone, you know, there, there's a million or has a disability of some sort, physical disability. You know, uh,
1: our healthcare – yeah,
0: healthcare – Yeah, it's
1: really – it's more about isolated people than isolated places.
0: That's a good point, yeah. People are isolated. Places aren't isolated. Like, you can always get – you you can get cell phone reception anywhere, but – if you don't have anyone, who are you going to call? You know, mm-hmm. uh, because the social and civil services are being slashed back, or they're they're not, or they're incompetent or corrupt. Uh, the police, you know, the police are viewing the people as enemies now more than anything mm-hmm. else. Uh, and
1: also, in the, and of course, in today's economy, a lot of people are just batting down the hatches and looking after their own.
0: Yeah. That's true, so and and we're not talking like this is the way things are this is we're talking about general themes, so mm-hmm. uh we're not saying this is we're not going the you know Alex Jones you know conspiracy theory radio. It's just like these are the kind of things I think people respond to I mean, um one of the things you were talking about also was the the um the idea of the classic monsters being how they're being viewed today, you know,
1: yeah, I mean I mean you know, man, the poor vampires. I feel sorry for them, really, (laughs) because when people think vampires now, they don't think monster that sucks blood. They think gorgeous, hunky guy that sparkles in the sunlight. Right. And that is just sad. They deserve better than that, but that's uh, right now what people think of. Well, yeah, I mean—
0: That is thing, but that's also kind of sinister in its own way because, you know, a lot of critics have pointed out how this sort of conditions young women to think that abusive relationships are normal. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot creepier than Dracula. You know, the idea that some guy who watches you while you sleep without your permission. Yeah, the thing
1: is, yeah, what's scary about vampires now, it's not that – it's not the blood-drinking undead monster. Yeah. It's the stalker. Yeah. Which is – I agree. You should be, a scare, be scared of that. but
0: Yeah, and that, that seems to be like a very contemporary crime now. It's like the idea of stalking. I mean, stalking's been around longer for that, obviously. But stock it, it, It's
1: easier than ever to do.
0: It's easier than ever to do, and the consequences are even more dramatically. I mean, we've all heard of the story of Amanda Todd, this teenager mm-hmm. who's killed herself over, you know, because of being on, bullied online, online bullying. I mean, mm-hmm. that's like from a Philip K. Dick novel. It's like the idea you can be driven to suicide by anonymous people over the internet that are just harassing you. And, or of course, in Todd's case, there's apparently bullying in her school as well. So, right. I, I mean, I don't know the exact details. But these are the kind of things that, you know, are themes that people think are scary now. So you can kind of see this as how, uh, these are the kind of things that are showing up in horror movies and horror stories and the, the kind of things that I think are interesting like that will make players respond in a horror game so
1: because um, I mean I, I've seen I there, are, I there have been some pretty good movies just, it's about just a, a stalker yeah not even a slasher
0: just well i mean that's the thing twilight is about a stalker mm. only it's saying the stalker is right mm-hmm. you know the stalker is the good guy the stalker is the one she should be with so you so if somebody's being like this to you in real life that's a sign of true love not a sign of an abusive have ass have to get the hell out yeah exactly and the yeah so that's even that's terrifying in its own way and um, uh,
1: like another another classic werewolves they've yeah. Now, granted, their popularity has dwindled dramatically. Yeah. And, um, but, you know, I, the few movies I've seen, I mean, obviously the Underworld movies, I would not call them horror. Right. But it's most, but the few, and there's been, there have been some werewolf movies out. Most of them kind of direct-to-DVD. But now, they tend to more put them in big cities than the woods anymore.
0: Right. Because that's what people understand. I mean, how many people in our, in growing up now, have even seen the woods? I mean, like. Camping is the no entire thing. world is becoming a city, basically mm-hmm. an urban sprawl. Uh, and the, 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 the few, you know, the, we're losing wilderness and yeah. the wilderness that, that's left is harder to get to, you know,
1: and there's also, there's few untamed, untouched wilderness. I mean, I, a lot of the places, the wilderness areas are developed wilderness. Like there are trails, there's infrastructure, there's electricity, right? It's no longer, you know, just we're deep out in the woods where there's nothing.
0: Well, I think I mean there is, but they're harder to get to. I mean, I think that the easily accessible wilderness is is not there. There's no longer a place you can drive to and be totally out in the woods. I mean, there are you know places that you can get to, like the Alaskan wilderness. Oh yeah, Yeah. well the
1: movie The Gray. Yeah. That, that's brilliant. By yeah, the way. exactly. So you, it, there's still quite a bit of that but shit hard, out there. But you can't just go there. Yeah, it's a, a really
0: limb. exotic place. You have to go out of the way to do that. But I think you know the reason why the werewolves are in cities is because you know nobody's going to relate to rural stuff anymore. No. I mean that's that's I mean the 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 percentage of the population that's rural is going down, and you know well, the the again urban sprawl, suburban sprawl, mm-hmm. which is a new thing, is sort of like or newer.
1: There's nothing but miles and miles of. Yeah, of uh, identical housing, of housing and
0: strip malls and office parks and kind of shit that's like spread out just far enough that you need a car, mm-hmm. but like there's nothing remarkable remarkable about it. They're all sort of the same kind of bland designs, that same sort of banality. I know a lot of Changeling games would like you know mm. use that as a sign of where the bad guys are. Like beware the bland office park, you know. Uh, so for
1: people do not dream there.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. Um so what does this mean for you for ro- running a horror game? So some of these top, these things we just listed off sort of pretty quickly. Yeah,
1: kind of like um like if I was going to run a horror game, often the woods isn't a place I would go to in the modern day. Right. Yeah, you know, I would, you know, it's I think it's once again, I think I've said this on our before on another episode, but yeah. I think the more common and recognizable the place is, the better it is for a horror game. I think. I think again. I've, well, close. I mean, well, that's why. That's the way I feel about
0: it. Well, wilderness. Like it's. It's. I think it can be the wilderness, but not just the the easy accessible wilderness. Like I think Marble Hornets is brilliant. Yeah. In how it takes parks and. You know, trails. trails and then, of course, abandoned buildings and make them utterly terrifying. You're just far out. I mean, you can still hear cars in the distance,
1: but they might know. as well be
0: a million miles away. Right. Because the Slender Man's right fucking there. And that's one of the things I really I'm most interested in about horror right now is this this emergence of really new ideas and stories uh, that I'm sort of grouping all together into what what's commonly called creepypasta. pasta. Uh, by that creepypasta, I mean things like Slender Man, you know, which has had Marble Hornets and then mm-hmm. several other video series, which I haven't even watched yet. Um, and just tons of stories. The video game Slender, which is yeah. free. Uh, I played that. Yeah. It's,
1: it's it's a fun, it's a neat little it's game. It's simple as hell, but yeah. it's very effective. Um,
0: and Caleb, you know, he's, he's a teacher and he tells us that his students are into it as well. And they're just, you know, um, not on the cutting edge of a lot of things. But. Then, uh, aside from creepypastas, there's also the SCP wiki, uh, the secure, contain, protect protocols, uh, where people write these stories that are just these bizarre objects and entities that have to be imprisoned, mm-hmm. and uh, the procedures for doing that, and... That's really cool, and then there's things, even stuff by individual authors. I know Candle Cove, which was done by Chris. A Straub. very short story, yeah, but it's being passed around like creepypasta. And then you know, 4chan. If you go to 4chan, they have the the their X board and a few other boards where people write up this new creepypasta shit. And there's always really good, interesting stuff, photoshops and stories, and they're all uh, not quite like Slenderman. I know you can you can you can't really say. Well, Slenderman's just a ripoff of, or just a derivation of X. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Twilight's obviously, you know, a derivation of Dracula and Anne Rice, and, you know, that whole vampire tradition is just the next thing. But, you know, you can't really go to Slenderman. Oh, well, Slenderman came from that, you know. You no, can't, it's, we, it's original. It's yeah. new. Yeah, exactly. So that's one of the things I find really interesting about it. And I think Marble Hornet kind of show, gives you a blueprint for how to do this kind of story how mm-hmm. to do horror in the here or now i mean let's say we have the main character uh jay mm-hmm. and he's isolated because who can he talk to about this yeah um he even though he has a cell phone he apparently has a lot of money because he can just afford hotel rooms and, for months at a time yeah, yeah and a car and all this other shit but he's being stalked by this thing he doesn't by, know. well
1: by a thing and by alex
0: what? Uh, well, eventually, like mm. that's kind of a twist. Like first, Alex is his friend and Then he's then trying ha- to find, and then, and then he finds him, and then he's not who he seems to be. And then there's Tim, and then there's these characters. It's about ambiguity too. Like you don't know who you can trust. Uh, you don't know what's really going on. There's kind of this David Lynchian thing, I think, in a lot mm-hmm. of really new horror stuff where you're not like. You know, Twilight at least tells you, these are vampires, this is blah, blah, blah. It's a very traditional kind of story in that sense, you know. Mm-hmm. This is what a vampire and then, is. And
1: they haven't, they haven't really even talked about Slenderman much in that. Yeah, he's just, yeah, he's he's just, just that thing. Th- th- like, this, like, that, like that thing. I don't even think they've used the word Slender Man in there. No, actually. Actually, I believe, actually, in actual Marble Hornets, he's re- referred to as the Operator.
0: Yeah, and yeah, that's true. And yeah, there's the sigil, the operator sigil, that circle with the X through it. Mm-hmm.
1: But yeah, they've only, cause they, I mean, I remember one episode, they were walking, like, mentioning some story about hanging people from trees and their limbs would yeah. warp. But that's really, that's all they've, that's the only one I can remember they've actually gotten into.
0: Yeah, and they've done like
1: 64, 65 episodes,
0: something like that. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so there's this ambiguity. So, one, I hope they actually do wrap it up. I hope they don't pull a Lost. You hear me, Slenderman people? You know, or Marvel Hornets people? Come up with a fucking backstory. And end it. Yeah. Well, at least give me some sort of resolution. You know, like, give me a season finale. If you want to do another season after that, fine. Revenge of Slenderman, fine. Just fucking watch it. Wrap it up. Anyway, um, but... So that's kind of the uh, – uh, uh, oh, well, one thing I wanted to mention earlier that you know we're talking about classic monsters. You know, on the flip side of Twilight, which is you know bad for mm-hmm. horror fans, and you know, I'm sorry, well I, you know, I had nothing to do with it, obviously, but it's bad. But there's hope still for good mm-hmm. horror a reinvention of the oldest, and that's The Walking Dead, yeah, uh, among other things. Also, The True Blood, which I've heard good things about. I haven't watched yet.
1: There have been a, actually that one surprised me because well, the vampires are monsters, yeah. That's I think important. You know, you can actually have I mean, the idea of the you know the tortured vampire character. Well, yeah, it's it's been done, but it can be done well. Well, that is a vampire by definition. I mean, ever since Dracula, that's sort of yeah, like but that's but, but you you, you, but you can do it. But you can do it and still make it an interesting story. Well, yeah, yeah. You know, so I think it does that. Yeah. Some of the, the characters on there, I really I really enjoy.
0: Yeah, you've you've watched True Blood. Mm-hmm. Do you are you all the way ca- caught up with it? Or?
1: I'm not caught up by any means. Oh, no. Okay. But I've seen it. I've seen enough of it to know what's going on. okay.
0: So, yeah, so there's some hope in there, but I think The Walking Dead also shows us, um, you know, one thing, one observation I got from the Kenneth Hite, uh the panel that I was on at Gen Con about zombies, Kenneth Height mentioned that, you know, you can't do uh, there there's you know only 36 or seven kinds of plots mm-hmm. you know that's a classic thing like man versus man man versus god and then one of those story archetypes is man versus nature and in classical literature and traditional literature that would be something like jack london you know the call of the wild the gray yeah well yeah but you can't like the gray you c- is sort of the exception of the rule you can't really do that plausibly now because like
1: we've yeah we, we have most, gps most nature we can conquer
0: well, no. We have even if you get a plane crash in the middle of nowhere, we have GPS, and people are going to know where to look. Like it's unless you're unless you're in a fucking Cessna and you go in the middle of the desert, like some crazy ass rich guy, mm. you're probably going to be found, you know, sooner or later. It's it's re, like it's very like it's, it's,
1: it's no longer when
0: it happens. It's not a typical thing. It's like it's news when somebody actually gets lost in the wilderness.
1: Yeah, it's not DB
0: Cooper jumping out of a plane anymore. Right. Well, I mean that was unusual because he chose to do that, but like. Mm. Wednesday, that's a, the that's a whole point. Like, uh, uh, 200 years ago, if somebody got lost in the wilderness,
1: that, they'd just call They're that fucked. Tuesday. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. like, that happens. That's just a fact of life. Mm. I mean, the Donner Party was only memorable because of the cannibalism and right. the number of people involved. But Yeah.
0: The wilderness was terrifying to people back then. That's why people like, oh, God, people like, then rape nature and destroy the Well, yeah, because they were fucking terrified of it. Nature was because, scary. Because na- nature, <laughs> damn, nature, you scary. Exactly. And But now we've conquered it or we, we've sort of gotten over it. So – we, when a person goes out in the wilderness far enough that they're actually in danger or in peril, that's news. That's a television show, mm-hmm. you know, like that Man vs. Wild, you know, uh, or just any any sort of survival story is like fucking news. Like, holy shit, people actually got lost in the wild. Mm-hmm. So you can't have that anymore. So, anyways, my point is, the reason why the zombie z- genres partly because of uh, why it's so popular now is because it's a way of doing man versus nature. That doesn't involve contrivances like GPS is out. Mm-hmm. Like Walking Dead is man versus nature. Like zombies so, are a force of nature. Yeah, they're just <clears> like <throat> a hurricane or a plague. I mean, they well, they're, they're literally a plague. So if there was a plague that killed that ended society as we knew it, we lived in lawless times. it was kind of similar to what would happen to you know in terms of what what's possible, what's not possible. So that's the kind of thing that 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 you need to think about The Walking Dead. So that's that's a really interesting... I, I, Kenneth Hyde said that, not me. So I was like, which on the panel, which was the previous thing, you know, we posted that on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Go listen to it. Um, so just, these are just kind of ideas, again, for... So we talk about isolation, we're talking about the classic monsters, um, and we talk about, like, creepypasta. So these are some things you can think about. But um one thing that I think will scare a lot of people right now is sort of the global fin- financial crisis, sort of the ongoing turmoil and I know it's not as bad as it was in 2008 obviously right. but it never seems to end does it there's always this like we're we're still in a recession we're still yeah, not getting enough jobs back just
1: adjust, just when you just th- you start to forget about it there's another home foreclosure report right or, or another banks to-
0: more like banks foreclosing on houses they don't even own Mm-hmm. You know, and that's like, that's, that's another as, aspect of horror, like Kafka and the wire on, you know, crack, you know, like the, the massive bureaucracies just destroying your lives without, you know, I mean, that's pretty terrifying. Yeah. So,
1: um, and, now, and really, yeah, it's has kind of like, the, it's not so much, you know, the evil of everything. It's the indifference of everything. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think that's sort of another element that's, that's, I mean, for, from a practical point of, uh, view for running games that's how you can justify that that sort of indifference that sort of casual evils how you justify no one's going to help your characters in a crisis you know like uh, the cops are understaffed you know their are budget cuts you know because mm-hmm. of austerity so there there's yeah the lights go out what do you mean the street lights go out well, right. yeah. well yeah well no they just cut the budget like mm-hmm. we we can only have a third of them on so there's one at the other end of the block you're in darkness now have fun with a vampire chase you like that's the thing that happened like there's some town out in colorado where they're like well we don't want to pay any more taxes on shit so let's just turn the lights off at night let's just turn the street lights off so mm-hmm. it's
1: like wow yeah. or the, like i, I heard a, yeah i heard a similar some something like, a similar story like that where like the fire department like you have to pay for fire protection in this one place yeah and uh, if you don't they won't respond to your house
0: well, no, they will. Uh, I actually know a little bit more about it. Um, the details are there's a town and then there's the county around mm-hmm. it. So there's a lot of houses that are outside of city limits. So they don't pay any of the city taxes, including taxes for firefighters. So if they want fire protection, you have to pay like $75 a year for a badge on your house that says, yeah, fucking come help mm-hmm. me if my house is on fire.
1: And the guy's house caught fire. Yeah, and so the fire department came, it, but not to put the fire out at his house, but to make sure it didn't spread.
0: Right, because that's how it is. Like you can't buy it right then and there. It's not seventy five dollars to get free. You have to pay it ahead of time. Because if they didn't, if they didn't, if they. Just had it then, then you know they lose money because nobody would pay, you know, mm-hmm. ahead of time. Everyone just waiting until their house is on fire. So you know it was national tragedy. But I mean uh, that's the thing. They were people were living outside of the city, so they wouldn't pay the taxes, so they didn't get the firefighters, and then they complain. Well, wait, how dare you let my house burn down? Well, you know it's it's tragic, and that's kind of the thing. Is this 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 you know back in the 80s everyone was afraid of nuclear apocalypse you know yeah, with, the, with the and you know back in the 50s we're still afraid of this well Soviet. sure I mean
1: the movie The Day After scared the crap out of Reagan
0: yeah that's true
1: it really did it actually traumatized him
0: I mean and you can see in stuff like the Terminator series you know mm-hmm. obviously uh, and then y- even earlier in the 50s you had horror movies like Invasion of the Body Snatchers right? yeah uh, well, well nuclear fears well nuclear fears but also Invasion of the Body communists yeah communists subversion infiltration you can see how the, today of course the idea that's that's like quaint. That's like
1: the world of, of empires taking us over.
0: Yeah, nobody's wants to take us over. Like everything's just falling apart. You know, mm. there's nobody and that's why The Walking Dead is, I think, resonating so well is, is because again, everything's collapsing, nobody knows why. You know, all these events are sort of disconnected, nobody has a real clear narrative of what who's good, who's evil, what's the right path, what's the wrong path. So you have this this, this terrible ambiguity. Um and like one thing that I found out is really terrifying. You know, Greece mm-hmm. is sort of the 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 at the forefront of this European austerity crisis, where they're mm-hmm. like, you know, that we have to make budget cuts to pay our debt off, and the people are like, no, don't. We want things like health care and you know, food and jobs, and uh, also we don't. Well, want to well you didn't pay your fucking taxes, you know, like well, and so they're back and forth, mm-hmm. so there've been a lot of riots and a lot of social instability and a lot of chaos. Um, but one, the newest crisis that I'm finding out is that the police of Greece have a lot of membership in this organization called the golden dawn, which, uh, they're neo-fascists. So like the police, the the golden dawn are literally beating protesters up, and police are watching them do it. And p- protesters are literally begging for help from the police, and the police are like, "Yeah, you deserve it." You know, mm-hmm. I mean, that's terrifying. You know yeah. that they're 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 sort of these uh, thugs, just you know, again, that's sort of banal sort of thing. Just like you don't need a monster, you just need some jackbooted thug breaking your face in,
1: and then uh, and then any, and then other other people to ignore it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Look away. And I know um, And so a lot of the fears today are sort of political or partisan In nature I know both sides Of like both political parties think the other one's The Antichrist and that's been that's sort of like a thing That's going on for decades and decades But um, You know so that's not really new But you can kind of see how it's not really one party It's just sort of the way the people that are in power are trying to take both. I think it's interesting that both the the, the conservatives and liberals in this country mm-hmm. and others think the elites are the ones screwing them over, you know, and yeah. it's the liberal elites or it's the Koch brothers or, you know, it's it, so, you know, it's always the rich guy screwing over the little people, but um, I don't know. It's, it's, these are interesting themes to work with in a horror game. I don't know if you, but again, there, there's the, 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 the thing that I don't want to like, fully endorse that thing. It's got that getting, that might get a little too, you know, political. Politically, politically. Well, and you know how you want to make horror immediate and personal too. You don't want to make it like a conspiracy theory where you yeah, know, that's suspense, not horror. Yeah, that's a good point. And you, so you kind of, you have to be careful about how many things you throw in. Um, you know, again, uh, talking about banality, we, we talk about things like how we're so indifferent to stuff. Now we have information overload mm-hmm. and like, you know, mass shootings practically every month, every few weeks, you know, uh, by the time they have one, you know, the next day it's, it's off the, the, uh,
1: most part out of the mm-hmm. news. Um, and yeah. actually I was just, I was thinking that, you know what, what movie actually could have made a really good horror movie if its tone was different, a little what? different. hot fuzz, the town council Yeah, of, you know, that, that town. Yeah, I really think. I mean, if it had, if they got rid of the comedic overtones, and just and just had like you know Simon Pegg's character come to this town and he just starts seeing all this stuff that everyone keeps claiming as accidents. Yeah, and then you know he finds out it's actually they're actually killing people just to maintain the illusion of their town. Yeah. And if it had actually ended with him like getting killed at the after seeing encountering them, yeah. That would have been an effective horror
0: story. I think there yeah, I think a lot of people would resonate with that. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of I mean, you can see this in kind of the conspiracy theories that are popular uh around, you know, everything from death panels mm-hmm. to uh you know, stories about uh, well, I mean, yeah, there's actually true things, you know, people like political prisoners in totalitarian countries being harvested for organs while they're still alive and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So you can see that same kind of that element, the idea that there's too many people and we need to, we, we only the right people need to live. You yeah. know? we need to cut off those moochers, those, yeah. those bad people, those punk kids, you right.
1: know, another thing I've noticed, a lot of horrors become really secular.
0: You know, That's true. the
1: devil is not a big part in yeah. horror movies now.
0: Yeah, like in the 70s, you had, you People know... Well, it started with, with The Exorcist. Exorcist, The Omen, uh, The Seventh Rosemary's Seal. Rosemary's
1: Baby. Or Seventh Sign. Uh, yeah, Rosemary's Baby, very good. Uh, but, yeah, you know, now, I mean, it's, it's demons, but they're, they're, they're either... The, they're like Clive Barker
0: demons. Yeah. yeah like or, uh, Hellraiser.
1: Yeah, or like, yeah, old pagan stuff. But it's... The actual devil rarely is used. I mean, there's that... Awful movie Devil about the people trapped in the elevator. Oh yeah. That was it was awful, by the way. Yeah, no, I saw it too. It was pretty But yeah, the actual Satan is very rarely used now. Yeah, that's true.
0: Uh I mean I can I can th- I'm sure I could think of exceptions. I mean, because any classic monster like that gets used sooner or true. later. But like but it's
1: it's not yeah, most you know. Superna- Actually, don't do the Paranormal Activity movies have that? Satanic they they thing? say demon. They don't. They don't say the devil. They just say demon. Okay. Yeah, sort of like a generic
0: evil evil being. spirit being. Yeah. That's true. They, are, they don't make it a Christendom, Christendom thing. Like End of Days, you know, but, which the which is a Schwarzenegger thing, was very
1: explicitly Christian. And that that was an action movie, though. Yeah, well, of course, but but yeah, I think that another thing that's that could be worked about that is, and you so you can't use the old fashioned defenses. Like, yeah. if it's not a if it's not the Christian devil or a Christian demon, then crosses and. Right. Holy water and shit's not going to be effective. <laughs> yeah. True. Also, I, I kind of like, you know, some horror movies, you have to actually, to defeat the demon, you have to employ things that might be as bad or worse than the demon.
0: Like what? You know, it's. Is this about sinister or is this something else? No. I know you want to talk
1: about No, I do want to talk about sinister, but no, this, it's something else. Like, Stephen King did it a few times that yeah. when he just had a demon in one of his stories, and to fight that demon, the main character had to summon another one. Okay. Who okay. would okay. Find, yes? Who would then yeah, save him from that demon? But now he is indebted to this one, right? Or yeah, or even in things like it,
0: where the way to defeat the demon is definitely secular, like a lot, you know, the lucky mm-hmm. wolf rock
1: or well, silver. in actuality, in the actual st- book of yeah. it, they actually call upon another cosmic entity to do it. Oh, okay. I thought, in the movie, no, the movie is very different than the book. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't want to read. And it. actually, there's actually several scenes in the book written from it's point of view. Oh, neat. And it's it is basically like a, a old one, yeah, yeah creature.
0: Um, there's a Stephen King wiki out that explains all the connections between the stories. And most of
1: his stories have a connection.
0: Yeah, there's his own his own mythos. Um, you know one other thing that i think going back to isolation other things sort of the opposite the idea of social media and Mm -hmm. that's sort of very poppy yeah obviously sort of like a a major function foundation of modern life now is the oh yeah you have to be on facebook um you know and that twitter yeah twitter and, and so it one it manifests itself in different ways obviously like in marble hornets that's how people are how the the medium like how it's recorded like you know 50 years ago if somebody encountered something like slender man they might write a journal they might take some photos they or might have, even or, take some or have it, some
1: black and white you know choppy black and white footage
0: of it right but they wouldn't tell the public about it but today they he can just anon, anonymously post it on youtube and yeah. be like hey god oh my god i'm encountering this weird shit what should i do and so it becomes a sort of engagement thing um and you you obviously as a horror gm you have a lot of stuff to work with i know the laundry's done one where like there's a scenario in one of their books like bag jobs where the whole thing is a social media site like is a honeypot trap for unsuspecting people you you sign up and then you get possessed or infected or right. something like that and so that's a very obvious route but there's the, the, there's obviously you know there's a moral panic now about online bullying uh, which is there is some justification, you know, like we said, you know, this girl was bur- bullied to death through the internet. And so how does that work? And then of course the, the the thing that people don't think about is what there's a great quote I've heard about Facebook It's like, if you're not paying for it, you're not the customer, you're the product. Mm-hmm. And so on Facebook, you know, all your data is being mined by Facebook so they can give it to advertisers so they can better advertise yeah, to you. So- and so you got to think I mean, about
1: the idea of that's creepy as shit. If you really think about it. Oh yeah. Undoubtedly. Cause it's like, you know, people think, worry about government spying on you and yeah. Corporations spying on. Yeah, you. Yeah. And they're building, you know, Madison Avenue. Yeah. Spying on you.
0: Yeah. So, um, the, so you have to think about how that's being influencing you and how they're, you know, spying on that, you know, obviously for horror GM, like, you know, like how did the bad guys know where you were? Well, they figured out who you were by your social media profile. Oh, well he posted this, he posted this. And then he posted these cryptic warnings and he disappeared. And his phone GPS showed her he was here in this graveyard. Oh, well he's obviously made contact with the old ones. We need to go, you know, kidnap yeah. his ass, you know, or something like that. So that, that's uh, that panopticon. Um, and it's, you know, very direct too. Um and I mentioned this before, probably on some other podcast or something like that. But, you know, we think also we're sort of engaged in war. You know, the Afghanistan war is now the longest war we've ever had. Yeah. Um. And – but for most people don't – like, most people really don't care. Like, I'm sure, you know, a lot of us want to pull out – I mean, we want to pull out, you know, get out of the war. Or they want to just kill the Taliban or turn turn to the desert in the glass, you know, or something like that. Mm-hmm. But, like – you're not going to go out and protest it anymore. You're not going to spend a lot of energy trying to get people out of it or anything like that. It's just, you know, you got too much shit to do anyway, but. And you can only, and really
1: people have slow, have short attention spans. Right.
0: And and the thing about the Afghanistan war, you know, people think, well, that's just over there. It's not going to affect me, you know? Right. And the thing is, it does affect you because what, what's happened and you can see this, uh, in several different ways is what we've learned you know, they've, they've adopted this strategy called the COIN, counterinsurgency, in order to pacify urban, you know, Kabul and all these places. Mm-hmm. And they started adopting this strategy and using it on us, on the people in the cities. And you can see that, like, drones you know, we started using drones to find the Taliban over the desert. Now you can see drones in the border, and police departments are getting drones. And who the fuck else knows who's getting drones? Um, and then you can see, you know, how they're doing crowd control, how protesters are being treated like enemy combatants. Whether or not you agree with the protesters,
1: I mean, people like, like well, you have a right to
0: peacefully assemble. Well, yeah, like
1: those vi- the video that the New York police who were pepper spraying people already in a cordon, right? And
0: so, you know, what if you're just some schmuck who is just on his way to work and you get into a protest and, you know, you're caught between the hippies and the, you know, the cops, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's a terrifying thing. And then you get caught in the system and then you're, you know, grinding away. Um, and then, of course, that's a great scene for a super, nat- you know, uh, a, a. Uh, what do they call a powder keg ready you know waiting for someone to ignite it you know someone uses a bit of magic or throws a monster in there and then oh shit all, all hell breaks loose yeah so that's a very i think that would be a very mem- memorable uh, uh point um and you're kind of you know uh so yeah i, I so there, these are just some of the things again what we're sort of throwing out to give you ideas for yeah. modern like 2012 scenarios
1: yeah and also i've I, I'm going to actually mention a movie now. Sinister, yeah, right? It's uh, it was actually, it was one of the first horror movies in a long time that actually made an impression on me. Yeah, that one of those that afterwards I was kind of like, oh, I'm still a little creeped out here because after leaving the theater at night, it's very hard to do that with me with horror right. movies. This one actually did it because it kept things. I mean, because it had such stunning visuals, but like you're know, coming from very unclear media. I mean the point in the story that this guy finds reels of Super 8 footage, right? You know it's labeled like you know the barbecue, the pool party, and it's showing like families, you know, just having having fun, and then it suddenly cuts to all the members of the family being killed. And it's not I think it's and they did less is more. It's not you know they don't show them getting chopped up by a lawnmower or something. It's like the opening scene of the movie, which and I'm going to say it here, so this is a spoiler warning. Skip this part if you don't want to hear it. All right. Now the opening scene is just super eight footage of a family of like the, you know like four members of a family tied to a tree with bags over the heads and nooses, and then the, it's the limb is just slowly lifted and they just start strangling. Jesus, that's it. Wow. Yeah, you know um, there's no sound to it. Just super eight footage of that, and I like I do that because it's showing that you know like usually old like older stuff is a little more scary <laughs> than newer stuff. Yeah. And if that kind of goes to technology that's scary in movies, you know, I mean, you know, you could, you know, once before, like, you know, grainy white, black and white photographs were good in horror movies. Then it became, you know, like you could later do color stuff and then like, you know, like old real to real footage. Well, what's interesting, you know, know, and then super eight footage and then now VHSs.
0: Yeah. Uh, with the movie VHS, uh, for example, um, the – yeah, that's interesting. Like, well, I mean, it even goes back further than that. Like Lovecraft's time, uh, what he thought was scary were old medieval books, you mm-hmm. know, grimoires, you know, the, these leather tomes that were just massive and, you know, bound in Moldy flesh tomes, yeah. And chains on them, you know, and shit like that. And just, you know, from um, oh vellum, you know, vellum mm-hmm. pages and all this other stuff. So, but – People today, that's you might as well be talking about, you know, rocks from Mars. You know, like mm. that shit. Like no one is going to be able to even seen a book like that unless they, you know. Uh, so you have to something that that's unfamiliar yet familiar. That kind of like that's uncanny fine. valley of like super objects. eight footage worked very well. It does, yeah, and that that's definitely because like,
1: it's it's color mo it's color you know it's color motion pictures. Yeah, just. Just grainy enough, and just of a lower quality that it's different than anything you that most of the stuff you see. Right,
0: you're not like most people who watch that movie have never seen that in real life. They've never seen it, watched a Super Eight movie. Um, they've never they've never touched it and they've never held mm-hmm. it. It's 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 alien to them, but
1: it, it, they can kind of get a sense of what it's supposed to be. And VHS is like you know, there's you can get some stuff on VHS tapes you can't get with DVDs. Like right. kind of VHS, I mean VHS distortion. Right, like when we were watching the uh, you know found footage festivals, yeah, some of those videos that they had you know they had you know errors and damage that you just can't make in DVDs. Right now, it's interesting. Yeah, so the aesthetics of anachronistic formats
0: sort of create. Um a sort of heighten, sort of heighten the, the, the effect of the image. it, mm. it becomes more important because it's, it's, it's rare up of I mean, but I mean, it's not always scary though. Like you see how Instagram made, you know, oodles of money by basically applying 1970s film filters onto, you know, cell phone camera pictures, mm. you know, Oh, my meal looks like I shot it with a Polaroid from 1975. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. <laughs> so, but you know, you have that same thing in like, And it's the idea that I think it's about authenticity. Like that's more authentic than just a generic cell phone camera with sharpness and color, rich colors and everything like that. Something, something. And those things are more authentic. So they're scary. So it's more like they're real. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's not just something you came up with in a studio. And that's, what, I think, one of the reasons why Marble Hornet works up. They they use mini digital video cameras, but because of the handheld, and you can hear the camera being jostled around, and you can hear the guy turning the camera on and off, and the uh, angles are yeah, frequently like, I love awkward. the
1: chest harness for the camera. Yeah, exactly. That kind of thing.
0: Um, you can see that and that really works. That really makes it feel like you're actually watching something forbidden. And so with the sinister stuff, you have this idea like you just like, that's, I think the key obviously to horror is something forbidden that you just found. You're not supposed to be watching this, you know, mm-hmm. you're supposed to be absorbing this media. So uh, I, I think that's key. And so that, that kind of changed. Like now to bring up the counter example, I actually watched VHS and, they do that. They do the video distortion stuff. You know, the the VHS, the the, the bands, mm-hmm. you can see across it. And um, it's the, – the movie does some really interesting stuff, like, visually. You know, there's some really cool scares in it. But the problem with that is just a matter of basic storytelling. All the characters mm-hmm. – Almost all of them aren't totally unlikable. They're just like all the guys are assholes, and just they're just kind yeah, of like the feast movies. Yeah, they, you just want them to die. You're like, oh god, these people are just
1: yeah. And else in horror, you do kind of have to care about. Some yeah, of the it's
0: like the the filmmakers were too trying too hard to make edgy horror mm. shorts. You know what I mean? If yeah, it, yeah, they just try to pull tone it down a little bit. You know, like not the the scares or the kills or whatever, but like the characters, like. You're not Tarantino, you're not, you know, uh, uh, Aaron Sorkin, you're not going to do anything really clever with these characters. Just don't make us want them to die. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's my media review of VHS. Ugh. Mm. Yeah, so.
1: Yeah, and, and yeah, then you've got to care about at least a few of them.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, some things about horrors don't change, you know. Um, so I think. Uh so horror right now in the twenty twelve in and probably you know next year, if assuming mine apocalypse does twenty twelve doesn't destroy us, which it totally will.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> just like it was totally supposed to in two thousand or like it was totally supposed to the next like ah, a few know. hundred times. No, it was in always twenty twelve. I never heard about the minor. Actually,
0: the, there's actually you're a, talking to think about Y2K.
1: Well, yeah, but there's there's a website of everyone who ever predicted the end of the world in recorded history and the date he predicted it was going to happen. There's, <laughs> hun, there's well over a hundred of them. Nice. And we're still here. Well, yeah,
0: but sooner or later, you, one guy's going to be right.
1: Yeah. Well, well, when the sun finally goes red giant six billion years, <laughs> I can't give you a date. but like 6 billion years from now when the sun goes red giant sure then life on earth will end
0: my guy Larry the last man on earth like I told you oh, like but no one cares yeah no one cares so um, so yeah when you're doing a game suddenly here and now think about these things we've been talking about to try and give your to make your make your scenario more unique instead of like a lot of people just hear, the scenarios set in the here and now and that's kind of an ambiguous like between the 90s and now mm-hmm. like delta green games are typically set in the 1990s and you know you don't really think about the stuff that makes this year this these few years
1: different from even right. the early part of the 2000s you know uh, and, yeah, but there are
0: there it, are important differences cuz you
1: know i actually call like you know the 80s and 90s was kind of like abandoned industrial areas yeah now it's more kind of like abandoned Suburban. suburbs yeah Uh yeah
0: yeah I mean yeah the '80s have a distinct distinct uh, aesthetics. Uh that rust belt yeah the rust belt. Well I mean '80s Miami everybody knows what that's like.
1: Uh, It's either bright. It's either brightly colored or Bruce Springsteen. Yeah or it's or drab, you know, in yeah. factories, just rusting in the rusting in dim light.
0: Yeah. And then in the 90s you have grunge and blah blah blah, gangster rap and so you 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 know what these eras are like. So what's what? so think about the area you're in right now that makes it interesting or unique and uh, apply that to your horror games. I think the players will like it a lot more mm-hmm. uh and they'll respond to it more. So uh and so don't think, you know, don't just cuz your players have cell phone or smartphones doesn't mean you can't isolate them. You know, yeah, they can text and call and you know Skype and get GPS maps. So that isn't going to help them. So. No, <laughs>
1: because in the end, like all that stuff, it actually it's re- dependent on an authority responding to you.
0: Yeah, or anyone just yeah, just another fr- uh, family member, friend, or something like that. People are. Isolated. I just remember, Kitty Genevieve's just yeah,
1: yeah. Sure, everyone might hear their call for help, but no one ever but yeah. might assume their neighbor took care of it.
0: Some things never change. All exactly. right, exactly. Um, War. War never changes. <laughs> so next up, we'll, Tom will have a letter. Yep. Uh, we'll have some shout-outs, and then we'll, we'll have an anecdote, a horror-related one. So, Ooh. We'll be right back.
1: Well, Halloween is only a matter of days away. That means a lot of different things, depending on one's perspective. To me, it means two things, candy and drunks. Now, both of these things happen many times a year. What makes Halloween special is that I get to see both with people in costumes. Sure, I could see a busty girl vomiting in public on many nights of the year, but only on Halloween can I see a busty girl throwing up in public while wearing a sexy nurse outfit. By fuck, I love the holidays. It is also a time of year that I watch a glut of horror movies. I watch horror movies throughout the year, but October is the month I really celebrate them. And as a horror fan, I notice trends in such movies— One of those trends is the way horror movies can make certain professions terrifying. For example, Silence of the Lambs made psychiatric medicine horrific. The Exorcist had the clergy. Saw had mechanical engineering. From Beyond had theoretical physics. The Blair Witch Project had amateur filmmaking. After that, about nine trillion movies also had amateur filmmaking. This letter, I would like to explore the professions that have yet to be focused on in horror movies. Let's start with a chiropractor. While I have never had the experience of an adjustment, I have heard the noises from an exam. Loads of bones and tendons cracking and yelps of pain. It wouldn't take much imagination to to think of Sweeney Todd, the chiropractor, luring victims into his clinic and snapping their necks and spine. Or how about a glassblower? Some bearded Silver Dollar City craftsman who chops up corpses and throws in the pieces into some blown glass pot. He could claim the body parts were tiny bubbles of imperfection, letting the tourists know it was indeed handcrafted. Another another that could be done is a dermatologist. Doesn't sound scary, but they are the only doctor that uses liquid nitrogen regularly in their work. Imagine some Anton Sugar dermatologist wheeling around a tank of liquid nitroglycerin, freezing his victims' faces off and shattering them with a reflex hammer. Finally, how about a psychopath that works for Best Buy as a Geek Squad member? He could travel to clients' houses, and if the person turns out to be a moron who forgot to plug the computer in, he stabs them in the eye with his soldering gun. It could be called tech support. So as your season of drunks and candy approach, don't fail to see the horror potential in the people you see working around you. Whether it is the UPS guy with the eye patch or the fry cook at Waffle House who constantly mutters to himself, and the only sound you can make out is your first name, recognize the grisly scenario that could, un- that could unfold. That's what Halloween is all about. Happy Holidays.
0: is a uh, good letter there there Tom
1: no, thank you Russ. Okay. chiropractor chiropractor
0: alright or dermatologist or dermatologist yeah very good
1: um, so
0: and drunk girls vomiting so
1: always <laughs> the in a sexy nurse outfit <laughs> uh,
0: so uh, shout outs uh, alright first off let's talk about one I
1: think we're both gonna share uh, movie we watched, uh, we watched we watched yeah seven Wild, psychopaths yeah watched that last night man yeah well, wow wow
0: uh, yeah, it's from the same writer director of the movie in Bruges, mm-hmm. uh, which is a must see. I know you haven't seen it yet, Tom, but you really I like plan it. to. You plan to. It's amazing. Uh, but anyways, in Seven Psychopaths, Christopher fucking walking, Christopher fucking walk in. Sorry, mm-hmm. uh, Tom Waits, Tom motherfucking Tom Waits, uh, Colin, Colin Farrell, Farrell, Sam Rockwell, Woody Harrelson, and there are seven psychopaths in the movie, and there is... they really are they really are pretty fucking psycho, and it's i don't want to say much else because it's just so great and it's like it's a delightfully twisted movie that you really just need to see it you know it's very it goes in very unexpected places and yeah it's just it's just super it's just swell it's just and it's Shih Tzu, and yeah and like it's christopher fucking walken i mean like what how can you go wrong
1: being the you know being him just being him yeah exactly So you do not mess with that house movie. It's not
0: going to play in mini theaters. It's not getting a lot of you know, but marketing budget or whatever. Uh, But it's worth. It's well worth. Well worth the admission. So uh, first off, I would like to mention uh, Kerberos Club: uh, The Fate Edition. Uh, As you know, base raiders are going to be using Fate RPG and uh, Kerberos Club. The was which was originally a Wild Talent setting. Uh, is now they came up with a standalone version of it for uh, using the Fate RPG rules. And they came up... The guy who wrote it, who did the adaptation, Mike Olson, uh came up with what he calls Strange Fate, uh, which is a variation of the Fate RPG rules that has their own rules for superpowers, which are a little simpler than Waltown, a little more streamlined. Well, it's a Fate RPG system, so it's totally different. Sure. And I've been reading up, I really like it, and I'm going to be adapting it for Base Raiders. So you'll be seeing a another version of that <laughs> soon. So, yeah. So learn
1: to check it out. Yeah. Let's do
0: it. So, and Kerberoscope is just great. I mean, steampunk superheroes, you know, in mm-hmm. Victorian era superheroes. So
1: what... What more do you want? Yeah, exactly. Jesus, people. Come on, people. And next up is a movie that Ross and I watched with, watch with a group of uh, associates. Well, yeah, RPPR, uh, Jason, etc. People that... Yeah. Best people in the world. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the movie is kind of a horror comedy Buddy comedy. Buddy, horror buddy comedy called uh, The Revenant. Yeah. And uh, based about a guy that gets killed in Iraq. I believe it's Iraq. Yeah. He gets killed, body sent back, big funeral, and then he comes back to life as an undead. Yeah. A proper undead. Yeah. He, Essentially using zombies the world, he comes back as a talking zombie who's not quite psychotic yet. <laughs> yeah. So he,
0: you know, he goes back to his stoner friend, hangs at crashes it's at he- his pad. And yeah, things go... And his friend, his
1: friend tries to help him out in his new existence.
0: Yeah, and his girlfriend or his mm-hmm. fiance uh, tries to deal with this. And yeah, it's just it's it's a crazy movie. It will I'll, go places you did
1: not expect it to go to. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh my god. And it's yeah, it's hilarious. It's great for Halloween. It's pretty gory uh, if you're a gore fan. Uh, and, and it's got a little bit of
1: everything. So it's definitely one you should. It's one you should check out. Yeah, the violence, gore, come. What more do you want? Yeah, geez. people, on, are very people. demanding. Yeah. So um,
0: next up, I'd like to talk about uh, one last show the that I've been watched. I've watched on Netflix and it's on Amazon too. Uh, it's called Ultraviolet. And I'm not talking about the the movie.
1: Uh, good. Yeah. When you first mentioned that earlier, I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? No, this is a movie, This is a TV show. This actually, I found out about through
0: Anna Scott Glancy on his Facebook feed. Uh, Ultraviolet was a British miniseries, six episodes long. About a group, uh, a government task force uh, tasked with tracking down and killing vampires. There's a conspiracy of vampires, and the British have to stop it. And so thank it's you, like, British. Yeah, it's like a police procedural, but the bad guys cannot be seen. Cannot be recorded by video or audio equipment, and you know they're fucking vampires. So, they're How do you deal with that? Yeah, what's interesting is how the series goes into a lot of the moralities. Like the they they it frequently in the episodes they'll capture someone who's helping the vampires, a human who's like you know helping them in exchange for being turned into a vampire. You know after they're mm-hmm. helpful, and they're like, "How dare you do this? They're just people too. You're just you're you're Nazis. You're you're committing genocide." But the vampires, well, they don't kill us, you know. So yeah. like, <laughs> so it's like a conundrum, like a moral dilemma. Like, is, is killing vampires morally defensible? You know, if they're not active. A, qu- if they a don't question kill people for the ages. Digital, yeah. And the guy, the main character is a uh, police detective who's roped into doing it after he stumbles upon the conspiracy. And uh, Idris Elba, who mm-hmm. was... Um, uh, he was in the Thor movie. Uh what was it? Himdale. He was Hymdale yeah. in the Thor movie. Uh some of also know from The Wire. And this is one of this is one of his earliest roles and he's really good in that. And it's just a really good, you know, six episode thing. So nice. watch it on Nextbook, each one's about fifteen minutes long, or you can get the D V D. And it's great material if you're especially if you're preparing to run Knights Black Agents yeah. like I am. Uh
1: good so. yeah, I can definitely see how you do that. Yeah.
0: So uh, Vampires and Secret Agents uh, Fun stuff Um, And finally I want to mention two podcasts That uh, both interviewed me uh, this month They Uh, like you They they really like you Yeah I know right uh, the first one is Metagamers Anonymous, and uh, the, the host, Eric, uh, interviewed me about you know podcast stuff, and nice. public radio, and horror, and all that. Uh, well, actually, it wasn't much about horror. Well, a little bit of everything. Anyways, I, I'll put a link to the episode so you can listen to the interview, and I can talk about all kinds of stuff. And then uh, Carpe GM, uh which uh, also interviewed more specifically about horror. So I talk about uh, things I talk about on RPPR more, which is like horror. Pacing, timing, the difference between a mystery horror game and a survival horror game, and some of the things that I find interesting that would be good horror fodder, like uh, architectural blogs and um, the yeah, a lot just a lot of stuff. So uh, there's there there the meta gamers Anonymous is already online. Carpe GM should be online by the time this episode goes up. If it's not, I'll put a link to the main podcast and you can just keep an eye out on that. Uh, so they're both new podcasts. They're only a couple mo- months old each uh but they they know how to interview people nice they did a job of it.
1: like i'm ross payton yeah exactly so like i'd like to show your attention to all my awards behind me yes like i'm sorry i can't talk to you with this wallet full of cash and credit cards well no no well i'm a game designer tom that mm, last part yeah that's good Awards, yes now i think i'll go and jump out the window to see if i can fly <laughs> huh. seem to have finally overreached myself thanks so. look out below whatever that <laughs> was kids in the hall, by the way.
0: Yes, uh, as well, I'm aware of. I know, I know some other people wouldn't be. Uh, the uh, finally, I like to do some anecdote. Sure, you do the anecdote,
1: and it's, considering this time of the year, it's got to be a horror anecdote, of course. Uh, and this
0: weekend, I ran a horror one shot of the based on the the PC game
1: Lone Survivor. May an admirable feat considering the time he had to prepare. Yeah.
0: Tom was basically the original. Okay. The original thing was Tom said he was going to run a call Cthulhu one shot. And so like, all right, fine. Then like two hours before the game, I realized
1: Aaron wasn't going to show up. Yeah.
0: So we're like, Oh, well, I'm not going to run anything. Ross. Like, well,
1: what do you have? I'll I'll run something. (laughs) Well, I didn't have Okay, We'll do it live. Basically. Yeah.
0: So I look Ross O'Reilly over here. Yeah. I think about something, uh, you know. I actually have a thread on the RPPR forums, like upcoming one shots, and like I look at them, and most of them are in different systems, like Dark Heresy and Rogue Trader, and mm-hmm. like I I want to run them, but I need more time to prep something like that. So I need something that I'm familiar with. So Fear itself is about as simple and an easy system to run for as anything. Character creation went quite quickly. Yeah. That and Call of Cthulhu are the only systems I'd have people create characters before the game,
1: running a you know game. Any other system I'd I I'd do one I'd
0: have pregens.
1: Yeah, or great. tell them to come prepared.
0: Yeah, exactly. So you know definitely yeah like Eclipse Phase. You know?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. But then again, thank you for that program. That works just fine. Yeah, the the spreadsheet the character yeah.
0: But anyway, so the the basic premise of Lone Survivors you're uh you're a you're a lone survivor of a plague. Like there's a plague that wiped out the city, killed all most of the people, and the ones that didn't kill are Monsters. Mutated monster things. Uh, so I modified a little bit. Everybody wasn't trapped in the same apartment building. Uh, but two of the PCs had people they were taking care of that helped recover their sanity. The other person, uh, David, was better at combat and fighting investigation, but was a didn't have anybody to take care of. So he talked to a skull of a former person he knew. So, uh, Perfectly normal. Yeah. And so I had the game. We started the game. So I don't know how to talk about it.
1: Yeah, and no, for the record, I did not play a German werewolf guy. Yeah. No, no, I was actually, I was actually a psychiatrist. And I had a, uh, mine was a female patient that I had found in a hospital, you know, who basically was undergoing surgery at the time the plague hit. So she was just left there. So I saved her. And uh, it 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 was basically just, it was a, it was a game of choices. Yeah you know like well we had stuff we had to do but it was up to us how we did it yeah and uh or and if we kept those people we were looking after alive or ignored them yeah so it was all about choices and um i think at some point in the game i kind of realized what was i realized what the general idea was and what we should probably avoid doing so um now I went along with that. It turned out to be the correct thing to do, but just the whole journey to get there was really great. Okay. I don't want to reveal too much with, before it's posted, you know?
0: Well, it's going to be, I'm definitely going to make that one of the preview episodes. For sure. Base Raiders Kickstarter, hand 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 Nudge,
1: nudge, say no more.
0: <laughs> uh, so it'll be a while before you get a chance to listen to it. Um, there any Any particular favorite bits or player moments or anything? I think we all had our moments
1: in that game. What about yours? Well, I, I made a joke that apparently uh, just killed. Yeah. As I, forget, I forget the joke right now, or maybe I do not re- I do remember it. I'm just making you look, pay for it just to listen to my awesome joke.
0: Yeah, or wait for months and months at a time. And
1: let's be honest, you can't do that. Yeah.
0: So in Lone Survivor, one of the other thing mechanics, the uh, premise of the game is that uh, you have these weird dreams, and you talk to people in your dreams. And uh, <laughs> when you wake up, you'll have pills in your medicine cabinet, green, red, or blue. And each pill has a different effect
1: and depending on, and, and effects of what, you know, popping them has consequences sometimes. So the, some pills were, yeah, each pill, some pill makes you larger. Some pills make you small (laughs) and And the ones that mother gives you, I'm sorry. When?
0: Yeah. So the, so I let them experiment with that, trying to figure out what each pill does. Uh, let them figure out how they're going to, first they had to get food. They had to search the place to get more supplies. And they figured out a way to get Mm -hmm. out of the apartment building Uh, then that was...
1: uh, I I think one other thing I loved, we actually had a whole really cool scene of just us having succeeded quite well in our food run. Yeah. Kind of just having a cool just together moment with all the survivors. Yeah. I really kind of like... I like that.
0: Yeah. I definitely... It gave me a lot of thought. Like, the next Kickstarter project I definitely do is going to be a horror game that's based on some of the stuff we talked about. And the idea will be... It's going to be post-apocalyptic and dystopian at the same time. Well, the idea is... You live. If you live in the city, you live in this corporate-controlled. Everything's privatized. Everything's horrible. You're just this wage slave at best. You,
1: you're a number on a ledger. You're a number on a ledger.
0: You're expendable. You have to. And there's these things that are crawling out of the woodworks that you you, can, you have to ignore. And nobody talks about. And nobody talks about what's outside the cities. But if you're outside the cities, you're in the these this abandoned suburban sprawl where there are squatters and gangs and. Just, you know, the lights don't, you know, power doesn't work anymore. And they're even worse creatures and monsters. So, like, the idea is you're you're scavenging in suburbia or you're trying to deal with an insane bureaucracy in the city. Um, and that's, like, what I really liked about the game was how you guys, like, wrote down every time you found a package of ramen noodles mm-hmm. and chips and, like, every – and a candy bar. And you just, like – every little scrap like i think druid said at the end he, oh man i wish we could have played more like had a campaign to, like go into the city because like it took you guys four hours just to get out of the apartment building yeah and like that you know it was already like 11 uh, this is going to be one shot not a campaign so i just said just called it then and there and, right and, but you could totally see how that would be a campaign
1: oh yeah totally uh,
0: and that would be one you'd want to play right oh yeah yeah so that's kind of like what i want to go for that um but obviously I have to get base raiders up because uh, I'm really excited about base raiders. There'll be a lot of horror stuff in base raiders too. So, well, know, yeah. Zombified clones of superheroes and
1: zombies. Yeah. What a concept.
0: Zombie superheroes. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, that that that's something to look forward to if you're uh, an AP fiend. And uh, I think that kind of wraps up. I this think episode. it does. Uh, yeah. Please post any comments, feedback you have on this episode. We'd love to hear yeah. them.
1: And Have a happy uh, Halloween, everybody.
0: Yep, we'll be back later. If we It's d-
1: RBBR episode 79, Horror
0: in the Here and Now. And assuming the Mind Apocalypse doesn't happen, we'll see you guys next time.
1: Indeed.